Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by top... Oh, I did, I did it. A top London oh, radio DJ, yes! but he's not. Come on, baby. England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Yeah. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing? I'm a top and a bottom, baby, and I'm ready to get funky. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, oh, dear, oh, dear. I knew that was going to happen. It was inevitable. It was Absolutely inevitable. inevitable. Yeah, you're tired. Your old title. You, you, you're tired again, I, Chris. You, you need to get more sleep, mate. I do need to get more sleep. When you drink five or six coffees a day, sleep doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, it's just not a thing. Not a concept. Stop you drinking can really enjoy. after six p.m. No, no caffeine after six. No. Make this your to be fair, New Year's resolution for April. <laughs> it, yeah. It sounds like a New Year's resolution for starting at the tax year, the new tax year. Um, I no, I don't think I can do it. No. But I, to be fair, I don't drink coffee after five p.m. But I hear the half life of caffeine and coffee is like is like seven or twelve hours or something ridiculous. Anyway, we didn't come here to talk coffee. We came here to talk Japan. And how have you been doing, Pete? Is everything going well? Still no coronavirus. No, still no coronavirus. I've uh, I've been hanging out with your Me. friend. I've been hanging out with your friend, Chris. On My these friend, aisles. Which one? I well, have three I'm going to be. <laughs> well, it was actually um, people who are aware of football. Um, this actually happened a couple of weeks ago, and I, and I neglected to mention it because I thought it was because uh, uh, because obviously we had things to talk about coronavirus. Because website mobile.com forward slash abroad in Japan for sim card players. Um, but we, uh, but yeah, I, I took one of your friends, Chris, to the football. And it was a match, <gasps> Watford versus Liverpool. Watford climbing out of the relegation zone in the Premier League by beating Liverpool uh, for the first time this season. Liverpool have never lost a match this season in the Premier League. And Kirti Yano, uh, a hotelier from Sakata uh, up north in uh, J- Japan, where you used to live, Chris, uh, I took him to the football, <laughs> his first Premier League match ever. He was so excited uh, he was so into the fact that Watford had won. We did it, Pete. We did it, Pete. He shouted as the goals flew in. Uh, he had a lovely time, and I had a lovely time too. I felt because I've ne- I don't have kids, and I'm not I'm not kind of um, making him out to be some kind of child or anything. But the uh, the excitement of Keita uh, going to his first Premier League football match was like me taking. My boy, to a football match, and it's and and I don't wish to diminish the man's stature. He's a, he's a man with a PhD for fuck's sake. But it was, it was a colossal day of fun, games, and a lot of beer. <laughs> and I got an onslaught of photos of Pete and Cater on various trains and in various stadiums, just laughing and having fun and drinking beer. Part of me wishes I was there. The other it part was... of me. 
doesn't like football and Honestly, it wouldn't have worked. I think but, he wouldn't uh, have got into it, to be quite frank. Kate is a fan of, um, I think, Tokyo Verdi. I think that's his uh, J-League team. And he, he actually very kindly right. um, brought me a, uh, a, a shirt um, from um, uh, Montedio uh, and Yamagata. Uh, which is a local uh, oh, J League cool. Two team, and uh, and the uh, the defender um, uh, Kuriyama um, signed the shirt, um, so that's going to go in my collection. I can't wear it because it's been signed, wow. so I've got to keep it. Really, ca- I've got to keep it. Uh, but he, but he was really kind. He brought me some sake from uh, from uh, Yamagata and, and and brought me some um, some strawberry cake. It was called these little thin dried strips of. Oh no, it wasn't strawberry. It's was cherry cherry cake. These very thin kind of um, strips of this kind of like candy really hard really tough um, and it's got a very delicate flavour um, and I've never seen it anywhere else in the world uh, just just in, 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 in I'd never seen it in Japan uh, it was just delicious kind of little candy so uh, yeah big on that I was this kind of cherry cake I I love the way your relationship with Cater is basically built on alcohol um, it started with alcohol. It will end with alcohol. Yeah, um, <laughs> he loves his craft it started... because it's really hard to it, it's really hard to get uh, uh, anything other than pilsner. Anything other than lager in Japan is quite hard to uh, come by. It is, yeah, very hard, and of course, very hard to get cider, which is what you brought me yes. the first time you came to Japan to meet me. Um, Pete and I stayed in Kata's, uh Ryokan, which is called Wakaba Ryokan in Sakata. Beautiful little inn, one mm. of my favourites in North Lovely. Japan. Um, and Pete brought me, I think he brought me six cans of cider. Was it Magnus? It was definitely yes, Magnus. Yeah. I, I think I brought Good you brand. 12 cans of lager. Of, of, uh, 12 cider. cans. Yeah. But there were six after Kate had got his hands on half of them. <laughs> I just gave, Didn't he? I just, I gave we, them to him to give to you, but they never got to you. I trusted Kata. I trusted that man. <laughs> I think Kata basically said, can I have a can of cider? And I think Pete went, yeah, sure, take one. And he took about six, <laughs> and I got only six cans after waiting months for a shipment of those 12 cans of cider. Still, I think he enjoyed them. That's the main yeah. thing. That's the main thing that counts. And clearly, think... it paid off for you, and it, given your friendship, has yeah. blossomed in the years since. It was and lovely. went his, on his radio show. His, yeah, it did go on his radio show, yeah. So his uh, he... He asked if I could get him Watford Liverpool tickets, and, and if anybody's familiar with uh, football, get Liverpool tickets in 2020 is impossible. But I managed to, uh, uh, I got in touch with um, the people who do Spots Interactive, the people who do the video games football manager, because they sponsor Watford. And I was like, is there any chance of. So they managed to hook me up with a guy who I managed to buy some tickets. So they weren't freebies, I bought them. All right. So, uh, but I took uh, I, I took Cater uh, out for a, for, for a day of football, and he had the best time. He's got this wonderful kind of. Um, way of speaking he spent he spent i think four years three years doing his master's and phd in uh tucson arizona of all places what a strange place to do your phd oh, cool. i didn't know that yeah so that's why his, his accent's quite uh quite uh, universal not not english not not american somewhere in between i mean what's he doing uh, he had when i spoke to him about his trip to the uk yeah. i realized it was the most japanese holiday ever because he was coming to the uk for his like once in a lifetime holiday and it was for about four or five days. Am I right? Is it like a really short <laughs> holiday? He flew into Amsterdam and then uh, had a day there, I think, because he can get a, I think he can get cheap, quite cheap flights from in, on Air France uh, via Amsterdam. Um, and then he flew to Edinburgh and then a couple of days in Edinburgh. And then he came down on the Caledonia Sleeper, uh, which has had a redesign, has had a bit of a, a, a re-up because it was a bit of a bit of a uh, antiquated. Um, 
anachronistic uh, mode of travel. Um, but the thing about the Caledonia <laughs> Sleeper, it, it, it's, it works to, a, to varying degrees. I've been kicked out of Carlisle before when I'm on the way to Glasgow, but he, he on the way down, uh, the shower didn't work. There was no hot water. Uh, I didn't even realise they had showers oh, nowadays. Uh, and also they had no, um, uh, no milk, no food for them. Uh, on the way down, so it's all. I, I just Jesus. feel really sorry because you go, you come from a place that has the best trains in the world uh, and the most efficient trains in the world, Grand Class from Sendai to Tokyo, which I experienced recently, and then you come to England and the trains are bloody terrible. <laughs> and the vending machines always get stuck. Yes, <laughs> I bloody hate British vending <laughs> machines. It's more like using a British vending machine is a, is tantamount to gambling. It's like using a slot machine, and you yep. just don't know if you're going to get your prize or not Aye. chocolate bar yeah i remember when i first when natsuki first came to the uk for his first trip um we couldn't get through the train barrier at victoria station and he had a ticket because we bought it a few minutes ago and uh, he just couldn't get through and we we know went to the train conductor guy why can't we get through why isn't the ticket working why isn't the ticket working and he literally just went england did it mate and just waved <laughs> us through and i was like oh that wouldn't really be an acceptable answer no. in Japan. No, it like, really like, wouldn't. Nippon this year. <laughs> <laughs> Nippon this year. That would be quite a fun answer. But, yeah. uh, well, it certainly sounds like he made his holiday complete. So oh, I'm, I'm very happy. And I'm looking forward to seeing him. I think I'm going to his place soon. So I'll get oh, the full rundown. I'll get the full review yeah. on the Pete Donaldson England experience. It was it was nice sort of friendship his, that paid dividends because his because uh, I think Watford will probably sign him up for uh, more matches because they've been terrible. They're in, they're, they're you know they were they were tantamount to uh, going <laughs> down. And as soon as Cater turns up, they win a match and they beat the league leaders. And it's the first time they've been beaten this season. So yeah, um, he, he's an incredible uh, good luck charm. <laughs> I, I explained the word talisman to him. <laughs> Japanese good luck charm. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, let's turn our attention to the fax machine this week. Obviously, the last few weeks have been pretty hectic. Um, we've talked about coronavirus. We've talked about Abroad in Japan, the website, uh, which you should definitely check out, abroadinjapan.com. I'm not going to bring it up again because I've done it for two weeks in a row. And I'm not the sort of person to pester people, but you should definitely go and check it out. BornJapan.com is amazing. But this week, given the fax machine has built up with loads of questions and comments and stories, we are going to dedicate the rest of the podcast to those questions. So what have we got, Mr. Donaldson? What have we got first? We have got an email uh, from... Alex, hello Alex, this question comes up quite a lot. As a guy who has several tattoos, I know that I'm usually not allowed to enter onsens or, or sentus. What's a sentu, Chris? Sentu. Uh, it's a public bath. If ah. you've seen the Kagoshima, the the last video in Journey Across Japan in Kagoshima, 24 right. hours in Kagoshima it's yeah. called. There's a, it's, we, we literally went to one. It's, um, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a more cheap, accessible um, hot spring. It's right. basically like a public bath rather yeah. than a romantic kind of resort onsen it's just like a literal bath and i kind of like it it's a bit gritty a mm. bit dirty yeah but there's a sense of history to it and i yeah i find it quite cool the fact you can sort of slip in on your lunch break and have a, a nice bath which a lot of people do I tickling remember, Kagoshima, um, it seems i remember watching a lot of um uh i remember watching a lot of uh, wrestling uh, a couple of years ago and one of the matches was set in a japanese bathhouse so maybe it's one of those uh, <laughs> <laughs> it got a bit nudie at times. Um, but my question is, Ooh. are there any similar rules regarding piercings? Are they seen as kind of like rebellious in Japan? I've been told in interviews with uh, uh, Eikaiwas uh, that it's a big no-no in their world. Uh, can you be denied access to certain places if you have piercings? Because, of course, I happen to have some. I'm just that much of an unruly lad. Uh, love your podcast. Keep the great work. Cheers from Canada. Canada. Alex! Good question. Yeah, very mm. good question. Um mm. No, piercings are not allowed unless they're on your ears, basically. What? Um, it's not accepted. I'd say, in many ways, that's more of a no-no than tattoos, especially in the workplace. They just don't allow it. So um, I think, yeah, just no, basically is the, the short answer. Mm. If you want to get a job, just avoid um, having piercings in Japan, unfortunately. That's the way it is. Yeah. Don't know why, because there's no historical connotations there, unlike tattoos, which, yeah. of course, have a strong relationship with the Yakuza. Um, I think it's just more of an aesthetic reasons than anything. Um, it just Maybe they see it as looking unprofessional. But no, unfortunately, it's not allowed. So if you are going to a job interview, remove the piercings and or don't paint them, wear them. Or you could paint them red and pretend they're acne. <laughs> <laughs> yes, blend them into your skin. Yeah. That would be... <laughs> that would probably affect your chance of getting a job even worse. <laughs> oh, man, um, but there you go. <laughs> yep, don't do that. Um, got one from Johnny from Brighton. It says, hi, Chris and Pete. I was just wondering if you've had a chance to observe Japan's cultural opinion and treatment of animals. It makes me angry and sad finding out about China's societal indifference towards dogs, for example. Would you say that Japan has a much more westerly-influenced way of culturally treating dogs or household pets, etc.? Thanks, guys, and keep up the marvellous podcast. Johnny from Brighton. Interesting mm. question. Um, mm. I think, obviously, that going back, unfortunately, to the coronavirus, it did 
um, turn the world's attention towards um, a lot of habits in China towards animals and consumption of animals. They did out. They did um, ban, didn't they? Uh, eating, I think it was literally a wildlife ban, a wild animal ban. I right, think they yeah. called it. Um, so exotic creatures cannot be consumed. I think that includes cats and dogs. Hopefully, I bloody hope so. Obviously, in Japan, they don't eat cats or dogs. Um, they love cats and dogs, but um, there's a few things about Japan's animal culture that raise raises eyebrows. And I found myself at the forefront of that to some extent. I made a I made a video. I made a few videos on um, weird places in Japan that relate to animals. For example, I did a video about a monkey bar where the guy has like five or six monkeys and they bring they bring out your beer and they bring mm. out your beer and they bring out your serviettes and towels and things probably a very bad idea from a health perspective um <laughs> it was an interesting experience but yeah. afterwards i felt like was i mean i think at the time i felt like the guy that owned the bar clearly loved the monkeys and saw them as his family and that's what he said he said they're like my family they're not just animals which was nice at the same time some people interpret it as exploitation. And I think in the end, I think I unlisted that one. Mm. And that was one of, I think, three videos related to animals that I unlisted. The other two was um, the other two were an owl cafe in Sendai. Um, there was a craze with owl cafes uh, a few years ago. And so I think they're many. still still popular. And basically, you pay you know, $20 to go in and there's like 20 owls in a room. But I made it. And I just, you know, lots of people complained about it. And then I was like, yeah, why did I allow this to happen? Why did I make a video on this? I'm, you know, I'm encouraging people to visit this sort of place. And it wasn't nice. I did feel bad for the owls because they are just tied down in cages. Uh, And I think some of them are domesticated owls. But at the same time, I just, I don't know, I felt like it was wrong to have owls, which are nocturnal creatures, (laughs) just sitting in a room being fondled Mm. by annoying people. And I felt that was wrong. The other one was a hedgehog cafe where you could hold a hedgehog. And again, that felt wrong. Hedgehogs are nocturnal creatures, as far as I know. And that felt wrong. And I put that up and I went, what have I done again? Why am I a dickhead? And I unlisted that one as well. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. What about you, Pete? Yeah, um, same things. I mean, I've, 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 I've never been in a... I think I've been in a cat cafe, but I mean, cats can be house, you know, quite well house trained. But no, I, yeah, I, I, I think I, cat I, cafes are acceptable. A I couple think of mates, okay. yeah. I mean, but they need their freedom, and they probably don't have that freedom because they have to live in the cafe. But it, it's all very strange, isn't it? I, mean, I think those thing, kind of things will die out, to be quite frank. Like the hedgehogs and the uh, hedgehogs and the owls, and um, if you've ever seen like the pet shops. Um, with the little puppies in there they, they like these tiny little puppies and they're all very cute and stuff but they they're held in these tiny cages mm. and selling for a sky high fee and it's yeah they're clearly not having a great time so yeah they're, they're, that's one part of japanese culture one of many True, things yeah. that that, that, that uh, raise a lot of warning flags for me it's not nice it's not big and it's not clever yeah and i'm not sure why that is i think it's just a historic thing more than others yeah it's just culture in the really west kind of, we kind of came to see animals as pets earlier on. But then that's not true, because I think it was China that pioneered the concept of having animals as pets in the first place. Mm. But that's territory that I'm not experienced in, so I'll avoid that. But uh, that's my two cents on that, Johnny. What have we got next, Pete? We have got an email from Johanna. Uh, or Johanna, in fact. Uh, love your podcast. I'm always looking forward to a new episode uh, to listen while I get ready uh, in the morning. It's a great start to the day. I have got uh, a question for you. 
uh, related to this uh, year's Sakura season. Uh, I plan uh, my trip to Japan for end of March till mid-April uh, to uh, finally be able to do some uh, hanami. Uh, and while uh, Corona won't stop me, the absence of real winter might. Thanks to the warm winter, I'm going to be missing the uh, full bloom in Kyoto and Tokyo, it seems, but I still want to see some. Uh, the Sakura for- forecast tell me uh, I'll have good chance to see them north of Tokyo. So my question is now, Nagano, Fukushima, Sendai, Onigata for a day trip from Tokyo. Which city would you prefer? Thanks, and keep up the great work. Lots of love from Germany. Johanna. That's a good question, That's isn't it? That's a good question, isn't it? Yeah. I I mean, so we've got Nagano, Fukushima, Sendai, and Niigata. Mm-hmm. And they're all kind of in central Japan. They all probably blossom about the same time. I know for a fact Sendai's cherry blossom typically blossom in uh, May. So you'll want to go somewhere further south, like Nagano. Right. So Nagano's probably your best chance there. Um, so I'd go to Nagano for that. And Nagano's nice. I've only been to Nagano two or three times. It was one of the first cities I actually visited in Japan, and it left a, a pretty good lasting impression. Um, going back to the monkeys, that's where the, the monkeys live, in the hot springs, ah. which sounds like I'm drunk and I've just reeled that off as a thing. <laughs> that's where the monkeys are, <laughs> in a hot spring. But they are, and that's why you should go to Nagano. Look at mm. some sakura and uh, watch the monkeys have a right old time swimming around and splashing in the water. But um, yeah, Nagano is nice, and I think that'd be that'd be the best place. What about you? I mean, mm. you've been to Nagano, haven't you, Pete? Um, I, no, I not been to Nagano. I've been to uh, Niigata. Um, I went. That, that was my last trip. I went to Niigata. I was very interested in. You loved it. I, I, I did actually uh, very much enjoy it. It's, it's a lot more sedate. There's not quite as many things to do, but it's just. More relaxing, I think. It's it's it's, it's a mm. lot less busy. Um, I wish I'd spent a little bit more time there, to be quite frank. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's weird, isn't it? I've I've never understood the the, the lure of uh, blossom season. Maybe you know, there's just something something about it I just don't get. But uh, if uh, if you want some speedy Japanese, Sakura is the old cherry blossoms. <laughs> Makura pillow. So there you go, little Brilliant. little something from Brilliant. Donnie there. Makura. Pillow. You should do like. Japanese rhyming slang, yeah. Japanese rhyming book, <laughs> rhyming all the Japanese words. Just, I'm think, I always sort of think of Makura as like a, a pillow filled with sakura. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! I love the yeah. way you remember words. It yep. really is an inspiration it to is us indeed. all. Yep. Um, you know what hanami is, though, right? Hanami. Is that just the season, you know or is it what is hanami kind of? Yeah, I mean hanami is just like the kind of um, what's the best way to call it? It means flower viewing. Ha right. means flower. Uh, how, it means like flower viewing. Right. So people have hanami parties, flower viewing parties. So typically people will sit out underneath the beautiful cherry blossom trees and have a drink and have a picnic and waste the day away under the trees. And it's beautiful. I've done it a few times. I really enjoy it. What you said a minute ago about um, you know cherry blossom being a bit overrated, I don't disagree. Yet at the same time, I went to a place with Ryotaro once and I made a video on it. And it is called um, Experiencing Japan's Biggest Annual Event, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think that's what it's called. And um, we went to a town called Shibata, Shibata, uh, just south of Sendai. And it's amazing. They've got like 10,000 cherry blossom trees. And the whole valley where this place is is just lit up like a fireworks display. Nature's fireworks display. It's one of the best views I've had in all my time in Japan. Mm. And I often think about going back. That was 2016, and it left a, a hell of a lasting impression. So that's my top place to recommend. It's considered to be the best place in all of Tohoku, ah. to, in all of North Japan, to see cherry blossoms. So when you do come over in 
April or uh, in May, some point, Pete, we'll, uh, we'll have to go. Yeah. Check it out. Have your job. Wonderful. Um, got one from Natasha. Says, hey, Chris and Pete, love the podcast. It was my top rated podcast in the 2019 Spotify wrap up. <laughs> uh, yes, lots of you guys sent me um, like screenshots of that. It seems Spotify tells you which podcast you listen to the most in a given year. And I literally had about 2,000 people <laughs> send me screenshots. It was quite good. It was yeah. very good indeed. I enjoyed that. Um, I love the podcast. And all thanks to a colleague of mine, Kazuhiro uh, Ong, a.k.a. Kaz, who told me about the podcast when I was bored at work one day and went around distracting each of my colleagues by asking them, what is your favourite podcast? Luckily for me, <laughs> Kaz told me about yours, and I've been an avid listener ever since. Unfortunately for my company, Kaz loved your podcast so much that she's leaving London to go and teach English in Tokyo. Oh. So it would be a great farewell gift if you could wish him the best of luck on his new adventure from all of us here at Willis Towers Watson. Willis Towers Watson. Thanks for the content. We're all eagerly awaiting the release of Natsuki the Movie 2. Thanks, <laughs> Natasha. Well, Kaz, thank you for spreading the word of the Abroad in Japan podcast and best of luck teaching English in Tokyo. I hope you have a great time. I hope you're in a nice district in Tokyo and I hope you continue to listen to the podcast even though you are going to be in Japan. Although I like to think listening to the podcast in Japan is effectively like a 4D experience because you can hear it and you can see it at the same time. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> actually, thinking um, about it, thinking of uh, podcast listeners, I actually uh, at half time in the football with uh, Keita, um There was a lad sort of looking at me and him, and then back to me again. Uh, and I was like, "What's going on here?" And he listens to the podcast, and he was like, "He only figured out that it was me because I was stood next to a Japanese man." <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> it really made me laugh. Uh, he, uh, he he was really interesting. Actually, he um, it was nil nil at half time, and I was like. Guys, you might win. You might get something out of this match, and gosh darn it, you they did. Uh, but he is uh, an avid follower of the <laughs> Japanese um, metal band uh, Baby Metal. Uh, you know those, those young lasses who, oh, yeah. like they're, they're dressed as like little little uh, kind of uh, little school school girls, but they rock out like nobody's business. And she's he's part of like this group of uh, UK based fans who travelled all around uh, the UK the last uh, few weeks, following them around from like Glasgow to to Manchester to Liverpool, like all these different places. Uh, I think you saw them like five or six times. Just really funny, really cool. It's interesting you bring that up. I actually spoke to one of Baby Metal's um, team about doing something with them, but oh, um, cool. the timing's bad because they have just finished the tour in the UK. And typically, yeah. you know, to work with an artist, you need to do it at the right moment. Yeah, and they're knackered because they've had a great time. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we got to do something with Baby Metal in the future. Point, Fingers yeah. crossed. Mm. They are I quite was... the phenomena. You're, you're and... friends with the yeah, guy but... out of Monkey Magic, aren't you? Is it Monkey Magic? Yeah. Because I. How do you know that? Uh... You may have mentioned the name of the band, but there's a song that keeps on coming up on my YouTube suggested playlist, and it's brilliant. brilliant. I, it's uh, it's some, like the repeated refrain is something about being low calorie, and I can't remember why the song is called. It's not called low calorie, but it's it's one of the, the monkey song magic. Is called, yeah, Umarvelous. Umarvelous. It's very hey. addictive. It's. I was walking down the street. I was walking past. Le Miserable in uh, in London, the uh, Kigley Theatre is. It? I can't remember what the theatre is, um, but I uh, and it was really stuck in my head. I was like, "What is that song?" And then I remembered it was Monkey Magic. M M A J I K. If you want to Google it, but yeah, it makes me laugh. I love that song. <laughs> we um, yeah, the song is about they combine the word umai, which means delicious or like skilled, with marvelous, 
And uh, I think they're talking about, I don't remember the exact lyrics because it was back in 2018 when it came out. But <laughs> I love that song because they've got like a Earth, Wind and Fire inspired music video, which mm. I completely loved. Um, got to check that out. Monkey, Monkey, Monkey Magic. It's probably that, easier to type like... in Monkey Magic than it is to type in Umarvelous. <laughs> uh... uh, are the two guys that are in that video, are they like um, comedians or something? Uh, there's two guys. Um, it's... Yeah, so we've got Blaze and his brother. Blaze mm. is Canadian, but he's lived in Japan for, I think, 20 years now, and he speaks right. fluently. Yeah. Um, and the the two comedians are the Sandwich Men, the Sandwich Man <laughs> or Sandwich Men. And they're comedians from Sendai who are also the biggest comedy, uh, com- the biggest comedy, the biggest, biggest comedy act in in all of uh, all of Japan at the moment. Yeah. So it's quite the coup to get them in the music video. But it's a great, they, it just works really well. It's just so funny and just light-hearted fun. I, I'm always for songs that aren't, you know, songs that are related to things that aren't to do with love. Because um, you find most songs are just about love and they're very predictable. What I love about that song, it's very unpredictable and it's about food. And more <laughs> songs need to be about food, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> great stuff. Um, and going back to Natasha and Kaz, mm. uh, the comment was, we're all a weagly... Oh, I can't speak. We're all, all weagly. Right, weagly is my new favourite word. We're all eagerly uh, awaiting the release. <laughs> oh God! Well, I can't speak, Pete. Help me! Oh no! I, can't, I, I haven't I've got only the email had three on my coffees. screen. I'm on a different email, so I'm waiting for you to finish this damn email. <laughs> all right. We're all eagerly awaiting the release of Natsuki the Movie Two. Now, I I've been on the fence about Natsuki the Movie Two for a while now. One day I will wake up and go, "Yes, let's do it." The next day I wake up and go, "What's it going to be about?" The next day after that I wake up and go, "No." But recently, I did think of an idea. I've been talking with a few people, and I i think about a year ago, it was about a year ago now, wasn't it? We talked about Natsuki the Movie 2 and how we mm. should do something to do with him not smoking or basically quitting smoking. And I've, I've thought about that more recently, and I do think it would be a really potentially good documentary trying to get Natsuki to stop smoking and cover his addiction. Because you've got the sort of comedic ridiculousness of Natsuki, uh, but I think you could also have those sort of serious poignant moments of Natsuki is really struggling to overcome this habit, uh, a habit that so many people have with smoking yeah. and tobacco. I think it could work. And I've got to think it through a bit more, but I'm really, I'm gravitating towards You're doing it. You're coming around. You're coming around, I just think you? I'm coming around. And I think, you know, I've done quite a lot of documentaries in recent times. Um, we had the Tsunami documentary out last week. We've had uh, the Rockstar documentary with Hyde. Uh, we had a documentary about Fukushima and so I was a bit burnt out from documentaries in general. But I think towards the end of the year, I really do think it's something worth doing. And it's kind of now or never. I feel like we need to do it now. Um, yeah. So watch the space, because I might be talking about it later on in the year, and it might well happen. Was, and um, depending on your feedback, you know, depending on you guys, what you think of it, could be the, the, the thing that sways whether it happens or not. When, when I saw him in Sapporo... Yeah and I'm sure you'll be releasing the Sapporo video um, fairly soon, um, he was um, uh, he was in terribly good form, but then again, he was smoking. So um, <laughs> do you want an angry Natsuki on your hands to try and cajole him into do, yes. doing stuff? That's the problem, isn't it? That's going to be the variable that you find difficult. It's not even anger, it's just stress. You know, I know Natsuki yeah. gets stressed easily, and uh, cigarettes stop that from happening. So yeah. I think part of the, for, you know, part of the moral situation was is it is it is it morally good to take something away from someone that actually does relieve them and you know make them feel less stress or mm. gets them through the day 
But I think the answer is yes. It's fine yeah. to do that. He's not switched to. Uh, so. he's not, he doesn't seem to have switched to anything like softer, like vaping, which you don't really do in Japan. But like even those Icos uh, things mm. might be a might be a gateway he, no, to he sort did, of calm down a bit. He did try it, but he found that there wasn't a big enough kick from it, and it Jeez. didn't do what he wanted it to. So there you go. But uh, yeah, I, don't, I, th- I think if we did a documentary, that'd be a terrible ending. Yeah, Natsuki stopped smoking, but he still smokes vape. He, he still does vaping. <laughs> he still vapes, um, that's yeah. equally not overly great for your health. <clears throat> um, mm. I'm sure lots of people were going to be opinionated and vocal about that in mm. the comments section. <laughs> uh, right. Misha from Germany says, Hi, Chris and Pete. I'm going to visit Nagoya, the city of Nagoya, in early 2021, and I'll visit for two weeks. Do you have any tips for what to do in the region aside from the typical tourist stuff? Keep up the great work. Misha from Germany. Mm. Nagoya, you've been there, right, Pete? I mean, there, Chris Nagoya. always doesn't give it, always doesn't give it a uh, doesn't always give it uh, full marks when it comes to a place to visit. But I went there uh, for a couple of days and it was good. Nightlife, great. Uh, just the town was good. Nice and nice, solid town, <laughs> and I like a town. I mean, I I often give Nagoya a hard time. It's not really a tourist destination. Um, I did, I knew quite a few people that lived there. Rachel and Jun lived there for a long time before they moved to Fukushima. Uh, Regan the vegan. It's clever because it rhymes. He lived there for a long time, um, but yeah, I never went through it. I've only I've, I passed through it, but I've never actually explored it. So maybe I should be less judgmental. I should, you know, I shouldn't judge a book by its cover. But it does have a bad reputation generally <laughs> as a place to visit. In terms of the local area, though, it is a good jumping-off point for Gifu mm-hmm. Prefecture in general mm-hmm. and Takayama, um, or for um, oh, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Crikey, uh, Mie Prefecture, mm. where we had the. Um, the best, most expensive beef in all of Japan. Matsusaka, sorry, that's it, Matsusaka. Uh, Matsusaka beef, it's the most expensive in Japan because the, it has the fewest number of cows. Highly sought after beef. Great video. I think the video is called Japan's Most Expensive Beef. I went with Ryotaro, we climbed up a cliff, I nearly died. But my reward was the finest beef in all of Japan. And um, yeah, I mean, that's what I would do if I was going down there. Although to be fair... Pete and I did. We did talk in a recent podcast how we're both trying to give up beef. Mm. Although you did say, Pete, low quality beef. Yeah, Matsusaka beef Crap is certainly beef. a cut above the rest. Mm. Definitely, it's ruddy expensive. But yeah, it's it's, so. it's, it's got a, it's it, as you said, it's um it's positioned quite well. You know, equidistant between like a load of big cities as well. So if you if you're if you're going to set up a base there and just do day trips places, that's not a bad shout, really, is it? Yeah, I think it's about thirty minutes from Kyoto and Osaka, so. That's pretty good. You could just keep leave mm. Nagoya and go somewhere good. Yeah. No offence to Nagoya. Um, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, what do we got next, Pete? We have got... Oh, my phone shut down. Bloody hell. First was my computer. Now Useless. my phone shut down. Hang on, let me get this up. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, hi, Chris and Pete. Uh, Finlay. Uh, Finlay S. Uh, says, uh, I'm listening to your most recent podcast while making a collapsible desk for my A-level technology class. <laughs> anyway, Yay. I heard you guys. Anyway, I heard you guys talk about all these different uh, books and apps for learning Japanese, but none of them are what I use, and it's been so useful uh, that I feel like I just have to give it a shout out. I started just over a year ago with no knowledge of Japanese, and I can now read uh, hiragana, katakana, and uh, know over two hundred kanji and vocab. Amazing! Uh, the website I've been using Ooh. is uh, Tofugu. Uh, tof- tofugu. Dot com, tofugu.com tofugu. um, and it's a uh, mnemonic based kanji learning website wanikanai wanikani 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 dot com thank you uh, wanikani 
The online uh, learning uh, resources are completely free up until a certain point, and they provide an in-depth, step-by-step guide to learning from complete beginner to full-fledged master samurai warrior. Anyway, I was thinking, why not challenge Pete to see how much Japanese he can learn from either this or uh, another type of learning material within the next month. Regardless, thanks for making this podcast as awesome as it is, guys, and please keep up the amazing work. Thank you, Finlay, uh, for your challenge. I am. I am going to uh, to 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 uh, Spain uh, soon, so I need to learn a few Spanish words first. So maybe that's a project for a little later on down the line. You and your many many holidays. Yeah, I. Like a holiday. I must say, um, a lot of people I know do use Wanikani. Um, Wanikani, I think, literally means well. Wani means alligator or crocodile, and Kani means crab. So, alligatorcrocodile.com. Okay. Um, oh. It seems to be a really effective way of learning kanji characters and how to read them. I did use it briefly and I did quite like it, but by that point I'd actually learned a lot of kanji already and I felt like I didn't need it as such. Yet, in the years since, I haven't studied uh, Japanese as much as I should and I've forgotten a lot of kanji characters, so I might give it a try. I'll think about it. Um, but yeah, Torfugu is a great website. I've um, often used Torfugu as a resource for learning about Japanese culture and life in Japan. They're pretty good, but... Um, yeah, I do like the idea of challenging Pete to do something like that. We mm. should do something like that because my Japanese level, it's actually got worse in the last two years, which I think is, I, I regret that. It's probably my biggest regret in the last five years is that I've let my Japanese slip rather than taking it forward. I've gone back just by virtue of the fact that I have not studied because I've been doing YouTube and everything else. Um, Pete, on the other hand, is he's progressively getting better. Thanks to Speedy Japanese every week, our Speedy vocab. <laughs> he's, he's slowly but surely <laughs> trudging, trudging his way towards mastery. We should do something. We should do, uh, like, you should try and get JLPT N5, and oh, I should God, try and get no. JLPT N2. Yes. And JLPT N5, you can get it. I know people that get it in three months. You mm. could probably do it in six months without trying too hard. But imagine that as an achievement. That would be a lot of fun. Um, so you do that, and I'll get N5. I'll get N2. Which is considerably harder. It probably takes two years. I think that'd be quite fun. But we should do some sort of challenge with you yeah, learning Japanese. I'm, I'm so. all for I mean, that. Uh, I mean, I failed every single exam I've ever taken in my life, but um, I'm, I'm willing to have a go. <laughs> <laughs> except he did graduate from the University of Life. I did, and also De Montfort University in Leicester. Except I didn't because I didn't pay my library <laughs> fines. <so. laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Well... Good luck with your studies, Finlay, and good luck with the collapsible desk. Yeah. Your A-level technology class. That's, uh, Let's hope it collapses in a good way, be a challenge. not a bad way. Excellent stuff. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to abroadjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to do it all over again. But for now, guys, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great week, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Have a good one. Bye-bye. This was a Stakhanov production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com